A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. And good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? Doing all right. I did find something very funny over the course of this week that I wanted to share with everybody out there. Now, I'm sure a lot of people have already seen this because... A lot of people, a lot of us, are looking at a lot of social media right now. (laughs) Right? Right. Yeah. And one of the things that I stumbled across was a post about Zoom meetings gone bad. Now, Zoom meetings are, I think everybody's probably familiar right now. It's it's a great way to connect, you know, with a video conference Mm -hmm. and you can work from home and still have those meetings that we all love having. But I was watching a video where, you know, adjusting to new technology can be tough for some people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the guy in the video apparently did not understand, even though he was looking at people on his screen, he didn't stop and think about the fact that they also can see him. So in the middle of the meeting, yeah, he gets up and just starts walking around the room. He's stretching and he's scratching his backside and he's doing all kinds of things. And everybody in the meeting is laughing hysterically, trying to get his attention. (laughs) And he's just walking around the room and he's got his boxers on. You know, it was just an absolute train wreck. And it reminded me of something that happened a long time ago with the same kind of thing where um, with FaceTime, you know, on the iPhones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I told you about this where I I was getting ready for bed and I didn't have the clothes that I wanted to change into. So I slipped on my underoos and I thought, you know, stuck my head out in the hallway. Okay, it's clear. I can sneak to my bedroom and, you know, get my clothes. Right. And as I come around the corner of the hallway, my son is standing there taking a video of the bookshelf, you know, the other direction of me, you know, so I thought, okay, he doesn't even see me. So I start sneaking past him. And as I get past him, I look to just see that I'm going to make it. And I can see me in his phone. He's actually FaceTiming somebody. So he's got the phone facing. Oh, and every his friend, I hit the floor like a bag of rocks and crawled. And his friend was asking, what is your dad doing? Is that your dad in his underpants? So yeah, I've had my share of social media train wrecks as well. But wow. I try to be more careful now. You know, I had a doctor's appointment via one of oh, those really? things, you know, it wasn't Zoom, but it was something similar. And when they send you the information, (laughs) they tell you that you need to be appropriately clothed as if you were going out. So, (laughs) yes, apparently it happened to them before that people are not, you know, actually. Yeah. yeah. And that means pants, too. That doesn't just mean like the gentleman I watched on the video where he was dressed from the waist up. Or if you're going to do that, that's fine. But stay seated. Well, there was something else on social media where I saw that somewhere in the U.S., I can't remember, it was out on the East Coast somewhere, the police were telling people, you must put on pants to go to your mailbox to get your mail because people were just going out in their underwear to get their mail. And I'm like... That seems crazy. I would never dream of doing something like that. So anyway... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh Which means you've done it before. (laughs) No. Um... 
Uh-huh. What are we? Uh-huh. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Let's get to important <laughs> stuff. Um, we are talking about some common problems that people have been having. Um, little problems like tearing down wallpaper and what the best method is and how to know if you got all the paste off and if you didn't, what you need to do to cover that up so that if you do want to paint your walls, you don't end up with a giant mess on your hands. Right. We've also got a question on how to paint ceilings because there are some things that you can do to make the project go a little bit better along the way so that you don't end up with a mess up there because no one wants a messy ceiling. No one wants a mess. It's definitely a a do-it-yourself project if you want to do it yourself, Mm -hmm. but we'll just give you the info for that. And Betsy, I think you're going to dig into an update about Notre Dame. It's been a year. Yeah, it was a year ago since the fire. 15th or the 16th. I think the 15th was when it burned. So it's been over a year now. Feels like four years because of this current year, but it's technically by the calendar only been a single year. What's going on? How's it holding up? What are we looking at? Well, obviously, with the things that have just transpired in the past few months, things have kind of come to a screeching halt. What things? Halt. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, Has there been news over the last few months? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, that's kind of made their timeline a little bit different. Uh, Things Mm -hmm. that were supposed to have been done by summer, they're now thinking might not be done until fall. So it's pushed things back. But their main goal is to get rid of the damaged scaffolding that is in there, get a temporary roof built, because right now it just rains inside the cathedral. They want to get those choir stalls protected, and they want to build a wood platform under the vaults so that the stability of the vaults can be assessed because right now they can't get in to do that. So they have these things that they need to do before they can really get started. Okay. The fear right now is that the building is not super stable because the vaults lost all of their structural strength when that roof and spire came down because they actually acted as ballast. And so now the main walls of the building are at risk of coming down. So Okay, so we haven't saved the building yet, right? That's what I'm picking right, up? Right, right. Okay. And they're actually sending robots in to get all of the materials, the burned materials out, because they mm-hmm. are so afraid that things could collapse and continue to cave in. Um, they're actually doing some things to try to help stabilize a little bit. Um, those external buttresses, which, you know, pull the walls out a little bit, they've had mm-hmm. wood frames inserted to reinforce them in case those vaults give way so that they're pulling the walls back out as opposed to letting them collapse in. Um, they've reinforced all of the gables. There are three gables that have been reinforced with wood structures, so those don't fall because if you look at the pictures, you just see this massive stone gable and there's no roof. <laughs> so it's just like hanging there in space. So they've reinforced that. They've reinforced some of the pillars in the nave that were damaged. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. see all these big, you know, like two by fours that they've strapped around the pillars to hold them in place. Um, they've taken out some of the windows because I they was just were. just going to ask. 
The rose windows are still in, but they uh-huh. have gotten some of the other windows out because they are afraid of, you know, damaging them. So it's yet to be seen what happens to the giant rose windows. Luckily, in all of this, the firefighters, there was a protocol that they had to fire or they had to go through. OK, mm-hmm. so the first thing you do if there's a fire at Notre Dame, you go in and you get the most important pieces of art. And there was, you know, a series. You get this one first, then this one, then this one, then this one. They had to keep low pressure with the water because they didn't want to damage anything. Right. And under no circumstances were they supposed to spray water on those windows because the hot fire on that glass and then sure. the cold water would have just destroyed them. So luckily they were all trained. <laughs> yes. I've done that with a drinking glass before. Oh yeah. I would be uh-huh. really happy to never do that with some important stained glass window. Right. So I also would follow those <laughs> protocols. Yes, of course. Um, and then, you know, the most crucial thing that they can do at this point is get out the 40,000 pieces of damaged scaffolding that had been installed in the roof. You know, they were doing repairs to that roof when the fire happened. Mm-hmm. And they have to get those out because they've kind of melted together. And now they're just it's like a giant Jenga puzzle. And they're concerned that that could actually cause more damage. So they're putting up supports around the scaffolding and they're putting in sensors to monitor the building movement. So if anything right. starts to shift, they know and they can go in and, you know, hopefully save the building. But that scaffolding is really causing them a problem right now. So if they can get that out, you know, there's like a 50 50 chance. A 50 50 chance of saving the cathedral yet? Right. Because with all the scaffolding still in place, it still poses a huge problem to the structural integrity of the cathedral. So if they can't get it out, you know, they've got people rappelling down the walls and cranes that, you know, because they can't actually climb in there. So they have to rappel and cranes are pulling things out as they're cutting through the scaffolding. It's just it's a mess inside. I got it. Now, I know that you've got some info coming up about uh, lead and that's you're going to tie that to some of the home improvement things we always deal with. We always talk about lead and the dangers of that. Mm -hmm. And that's a big issue at the cathedral, right? Oh, absolutely, because that entire roof was all lead tiles, and so that has caused a huge problem for them. So we'll talk about that after a break, so stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, let's keep going with the update on Notre Dame. I know we ended the last segment talking about the lead and some of those concerns, but I don't think those are the only concerns that are at play right now. What else are they looking at? Well, they've actually brought in a whole crew of people. They've brought in um, not just people who are construction workers on this project, but they've brought in archaeologists and historians, architects, and a whole bunch of scientists from uh, the Historical Monuments Research Laboratory. It's also known as LRMH, which is the letters are backwards when they do it that way, but... (laughs) 
and I have no idea why, but that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people are actually analyzing the different parts of the building and the things that are happening. So they're analyzing the limestone that the building is made out of, and they said that it gained up to a third of its weight in the water that the firefighters use to put out the fire. And so it's much heavier now than it started out as, which is, you know, part of the structural integrity problem that they're having. It's because the limestone is now heavier than originally, and now it doesn't have the roof and all of that stuff to help support it. So that's why it's a little bit weaker. Um, They're analyzing the colors that the limestone has turned because Um, At different heat points, the limestone changes its mineral composition a little bit, and that color is giving them clues as to what might have happened on the inside of the building. So once they figure this out with the pieces they've taken from the building, they can go back in when it's safe to do so and look and say, you know, this spot turned black, so that spot is one that's going to have to be redone. This one turned red, so it's probably okay. So they're analyzing things like that. Um, They're analyzing the metal, and they are quite literally analyzing the nuts and bolts because the rust on the bolts actually gives off clues as to how damaged something is. Uh, As the temperatures increase, the microscopic structure of rust changes, and so they have special scientists who are nothing but nuts and bolts experts, Mm -hmm. literally, which is a little bit crazy. What do you do for a job? Oh, well, I work on nuts and bolts. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's a little bit crazy. At Notre Dame, though. Well, yes, that does elevate, you know, what they're doing, I guess, just a little bit. Um, I mean, that would elevate everything. <laughs> what do you do? I unclog toilets at Notre, at Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. wow. Can you get me in? Well, yeah, the 13 million people that they used to get before the fire happened every year there. Can you imagine the toilets that had to be unclogged? <laughs> right. No, that was Crazy. a job and a half. <laughs> it was. Um Now, obviously, the other huge problem that they ran into both when the fire was going on and now that they've, you know, they're going in and doing work is the lead because that's what the roof tiles were made out of was lead because it was really durable and it lasted for a long time and the weight of it actually helped to stabilize the building and there were 43 tons of of lead tiles that were destroyed in that fire. Now, some of that fell into the nave. Most of it melted at about 300 degrees Celsius and ran down the walls, into the gutters. And they said that there's actually lead stalactites that hang from the vaults because as it melted, it started to cool. And so you have like this cave type of feeling if you walk in there, which is a little bit crazy. Um, Some of the lead did turn to dust, and some of it did get to 600 degrees Celsius, which makes it like an aerosol. So it doesn't quite vaporize, which doesn't happen until it's 1700 degrees Celsius, but it did, you know, get into the air a little bit. And so they're trying to determine how far it spread, you know, how far the winds carried it, and, you know how potentially damaging that is. So do they Um, expect to have medical issues coming up down the road potentially from this? They're not sure because they're trying to figure out, 
you know, exactly how far it got. I mean, they know that it's in the area of the building, which is why they have it blocked off. And they said not a lot of it got to that hot so that it ended up floating in the breeze, but some of it did. So Mm -hmm. far, they don't think they have a problem, but they're still ongoing analysis. Because that's that's the main issue when we talk about lead in paint is when we sand it and make that airborne and then we breathe it in. That's where it becomes a problem. Or eat it, you know, for little kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yes. To (laughs) deal with this, people are having to strip completely down like completely oh i hope they're not having a zoom meeting when that's happening (laughs) no they are getting their mail on (laughs) right yes well they have to wear paper underwear and hazmat suits and masks and then they have to shower (laughs) there was a scientist who said they're showering like five times a day because you can only be in this lead for 150 minutes and then they make you come out Take a shower, scrub down, and put on a new suit. That's why they have you stripped down, because they throw everything away when wow. you come out of the area. Now, yeah. I want to go back I mean, to this it's... paper underwear thing. <laughs> I mean, like, can you buy a box of those, just like Kleenex? Because that would have, I could have, no, I guess I, I didn't have an underwear problem. It was that I didn't have my sweatpants. Do they have paper sweatpants right. that I could put in a box that keep in the bathroom, just as an I emergency? Don't know, maybe. You okay, I'm going to Google that. Okay, you Google that. Um, So to deal with some of this lead, they're trying to figure out how exactly they get the lead dust, because there is a fair amount of lead dust in the building. They're trying to figure out how to get it out without damaging what's there. So most of the glass, metal, waxed wood, and paint they have found can just be shot backed And then cotton pads, uh, they moisten with distilled water. And that will take care of the lead on those surfaces. They did try some other things, but they were afraid that it was going to eat through the finish on the wood. And so they scrapped that idea and went to this distilled water and cotton pads. The limestone is a whole nother issue. Because it's so porous, they're trying to figure out how they get it out of the pores. And they're thinking that maybe they can use a silly putty type of material, stick it Mm -hmm. up there, and it'll pull out a fair number of the dust and then they're also thinking some sort of clay-based um compression thing that will dry and then contract as it dries and that will pull out the lead and essentially create lead chips that then can be swept up and disposed of sounds like a face mask to clean the acne and the blackheads right off your face well they're they're having to get a little bit creative in (laughs) what they're doing and how they're dealing with this because they don't want to damage what's there but they do have to get all the lead out before it's safe to put people back in there without hazmat suits so it's an ongoing process we'll see yeah we will we'll find out as time unfolds now when we come back we'll be talking about everything you need to know to get your ceiling painted with no mishaps that's next stay tuned if you want to take your diy skills up a rung the repco light home improvement show is here to give you a boost on news radio wood 1300 and 1069 fm Well, Betsy, last week on the show, we kicked off a a week of contests. We did. We gave away some gift cards on the radio last weekend, and then we spent this whole week that we just finished doing contests on Facebook. That was kind of fun. Yeah, it was. We had a lot 
of comments come in from people all over West Michigan, and yeah, a number of different things came up. And one of the days, I guess there were two days that really caught me. One of the days we asked about uh, everybody's favorite small business that they're missing right now. Yes. We got so many good responses. There are so many small businesses out there that are being missed dramatically right now. And that's that's good news. Yes. They're very much adored. They haven't been forgotten about, which is very good. That means when everything opens up, you will have customers. Well, there's a lot of people saying that. They can't wait to get out and support their ice cream places, the hobby and craft places, out-of-the-box mm-hmm. games in Zealand. I'm just scrolling through some of the... Oh, barbershops. Barbershops are big. Yes. Well, that's if you have hair, because I saw <laughs> a meme or something yeah. about bald guys and how you know everybody laughs at them, but they're the ones who are laughing now because everyone else needs a haircut, and yeah, they're that's just true. fine. <laughs> that's true. They are well-suited for this. They can cut their own hair. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, lots of people missing a lot of stuff right now. And yeah, that's really important. Support the small local businesses. And, you know, they're, they're, they're hurting right now. It's, it's a tough time. Yeah. So that is. was one interesting one. And the other one that I really enjoyed was questions. You know, we were just looking for paint questions. What questions would people like to hear addressed on the radio show? And quite honestly, I was a little nervous about that because I didn't know what kind of I didn't know if people were going to use that as a means of lodging their complaints, critiques. <laughs> well, let's call them critiques of right. the show. Right. But it, it turned out actually just tons of really good questions. And yeah. you and I are going to dig through those and try to get answers to all of them to the people online on Facebook. But we thought we'd handpick a few of them and just talk about them right now because they were so common. And one of them involves painting the ceiling. And it's funny that that question came up because I was just talking to my mom about that. They are going to repaint my sister's room. And she was talking about painting the walls and the trim. And I said, um, you need to paint the ceiling as well because it's pretty grody looking. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you always think, well, it's just the ceiling. But, man, it can really make a difference. Well, and it's white already. Right. Well, that's what we think. Yeah, unless it's dirty. <laughs> but it doesn't look dirty. Right. I mean, from usually. Yeah. But it is. Right. And what you're saying is, you know, when you get the new paint on the wall, is that going to make the ceiling look worse? Not necessarily. Right. Right. But if the ceiling is done, you know, new and you got a new coat of paint Mm -hmm. up there, it's going to make the whole space look 10 times better than you think it's going to. Right. Oh, yeah. It makes all the difference. And, you know, now might be a great time to try a color up there. Instead of just leaving it white, you might want to venture out a little bit and try a little color on your ceiling. Right. We're going to put a link to a Pinterest board in our show notes where you can see a bunch of different ideas from around Mm -hmm. the web of painted ceilings, ceilings with some color. You might think that it's going to bring the ceiling down and make the room feel really tiny and enclosed, but that's not necessarily Mm -hmm. the case. You know, there's more at play than just the color that you put on a ceiling, right? Putting a black on a ceiling, let's just go extreme. Putting a black on a ceiling doesn't necessarily make the room feel smaller, does it? No, I've seen it a lot in basements, which is where most people would think that, you know, that's the last place you want it to be. But it actually makes the illusion of a taller ceiling because it's just kind of 
out there in space. So actually a black ceiling does exactly the opposite of what you think it's going to do. Right. The bottom line is putting a color on the ceiling doesn't necessarily bring that ceiling down. It can. Right. You can do that You know, mm-hmm. if you want to achieve that. There is a specific paint that you'd want to use if you want to paint the ceiling, and that's Benjamin Moore's premium waterborne ceiling paint. Yes. It can be tinted to any color. And it's going to stay dead flat. That's really important. Most of the time when we tint anything, the sheen goes up a little bit. The sheen of the paint, Mm -hmm. the shine of the paint, you know, the reflections that we sometimes see. On a ceiling, that can really, really be bad. Mm -hmm. You can start with a flat, tint it a little bit. Now you pick up a little bit of sheen. And now when you see angles and on a ceiling, you will with, you know, if you've got a big window at one end of a room, you're going to see that. And you can expose roller marks and you know, issues with the ceiling, imperfections there. You don't want to have usually a shine on the ceiling. Right. You want to keep it dead flat. And that's where Benjamin Moore's product can be tinted and stay dead flat. Right. And to get to that point, the first thing you need to do is like any painting project, you need to make sure that that ceiling is clean because quite often, well, if you're like me, you don't clean the ceiling a whole lot. So there may be some cobwebs and things like that up there. So just get out your shop vac or your regular vacuum, use that little bristle attachment and just go along the entire ceiling and make sure it's really clean before you start painting. Right. Now, if you do happen to have stains up there, every now and then we'll have water stains. I've got that in my back living room where the chimney leaked Mm -hmm. at one point. So there's a water stain there that I have to address and I just remembered it since we were getting to this point. So, yay, there's something for my weekend. (laughs) But you don't want to just paint over that. You want to prime those areas in with specialty primers. And, you know, what we'd recommend for a water stain would be a white pigmented shellac. Right. Uh, You just spot prime that area. It'll block it in, and then you can go over that with your regular paint. Mm -hmm. If you do have issues like that, definitely check in with the store, any Repcolite or Port City Paints, before you start the project. You know, you can phone us, talk to us, you know, we don't, we, we don't have any foot traffic going on in the stores right now, but you can still get your questions answered. Call the store, chat with us online, tell us what you've got going on, and we can make a recommendation specific for you. Right. But get those areas primed. And another big thing that a lot of people, me, and I, yeah, I've talked to people who forget this step. We don't create an open workspace. Yeah. You know, what we'll sometimes do is push all the furniture to the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And think that we've done good. And and this can apply for anything, any repaint that you're doing. Now, if you can get the furniture to the center of the room and you can get around your room if you're doing your walls and you've got enough space. Right. Okay. That, you know, that depends on the room. But I've worked in enough living rooms, you know, where I've done my own, <laughs> where I'm banging into the couch with my extension pole. It would have been way better to get it out of the room. Yes. For a ceiling you definitely want it out of the room. Yeah. And if you can't get certain pieces out of the room because they're just too big, too heavy, whatever. Burn them down then because you want them gone, right? Just a clean burn. No. No? Make sure that you cover them. And for covering furniture and things like that, you can use just the plastic covering. That'll work. Mm -hmm. But on the floor, I always recommend that people use the canvas drops because they're thicker just in case anything spills and they're not slippery. You don't want to be walking on plastic and slipping and sliding and having possible destruction as you go. So use the canvas on the floor. And also they absorb uh, any paint that you do, you know, the drops of paint that you spill, whereas plastic allows it to stay there. And then you perhaps could walk through it Mm -hmm. and take it throughout the whole house. Right. 
Believe me, that happens. So anyway, get the room prepped. Get the canvas down and buy a good quality ceiling paint. Like we mentioned, Benjamin Moore has that waterborne ceiling paint. That's a Mm -hmm. premium product. There are other products if you want to bring the price down a little bit. Talk to us about that. Yeah. We'll help you find the right one for you. For sure. Now, what about putting the product on? Because painting the ceiling is a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. There, and there are a number of things that you can do to really make it go a lot easier. First off, turn the heat down. Yeah. You know, at least in my house, we've been running the heat because it has been fairly cool. You know, we've had some snow and things like that. And so the heat is turned up. But the problem is heat rises and that will make your ceiling paint dry a whole lot faster as you're painting. And you don't want that to happen. So make sure you turn the heat down so that you're not going through and drying your paint too fast. Right. Go ahead and close the vents. Even if the furnace isn't on, Mm-hmm. You know, even if something else would kick on, the air would kick on. You don't want it blowing over the paint and you don't want dust being blown over the new paint. So you. closing the vents is a, is a really quick insurance policy. Right. Now, if you have a textured ceiling and it's already been painted, you're probably going to be fine to just go right over that. If it hasn't ever been painted, you just want to try a small little test area to see if that texture falls down. Sometimes the water in the water-based paints will actually make make it fall. So you just want to do a little test area to be sure that you're going to be okay painting that. And then start by cutting in. You know, that's the first thing when you do the walls, it's the same for the ceiling. Cut in all the way around and then use an extension pole to roll the ceiling. Don't get up on a ladder and roll a little area because you want to do length. So you want to do the shortest width of the room and then you want to keep moving and make sure you're keeping a wet edge. And that's where the extension pole comes in handy. And having moved all the furniture out of the room makes that handy too. It's much easier to do that. Now, when it comes to extension poles, there are a number of options. You know, right off the bat, there's the really cheap wooden pole that threads onto Mm -hmm. any standard roller frame. Five bucks. Right. You know, if that's all you want to spend, get it. At least have that much. If you want a spring for something that will last you through a lot of projects, Mm -hmm. you might want to consider the Sherlock extension poles from Wooster. We've talked about them before, Yep. but they will expand. You can get a two, two to four foot, a four to eight foot, a lot of different options out there. They expand. Mm -hmm. One pole will cover multiple situations, but they also have a bayonet clipping system. So you can, they've got a little threaded end that you can put on there, an attachment, and thread it onto any roller cover. Or you can use this bayonet clip, which is a really fast release thing, and you can use some of the higher end Sherlock roller frames, Mm -hmm. and they will lock right onto that pole. They're not going to rock back and forth and unthread or unscrew as you're working, which is really frustrating. And they're just better frames all along. They'll do a nicer job, and they'll be easier to work with, and that snaps right onto that pole. You can check them out online at repcolite.com. We have a shop Mm -hmm. that we just set up. It's not necessarily for buying things as much as placing orders. If you want to place orders online, or if you just want to browse and take a look at some of the things we're talking about, you can see those Wooster Sherlock roller frames and those extension poles and check them out there. We'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. So as Betsy was saying, take the shortest distance across the room, work your way back and forth quickly, keeping a wet edge, roll the paint on and leave it. Don't keep going over the same spot. If you have to put a second coat on, come back later and do that. Don't try to make one coat cover if it's not going to. 
too. Right. And as always, paint your ceiling first, then go to your walls. Don't paint your walls and then go to your ceiling because there's always a chance the little bit of ceiling paint will splatter on your walls. So you don't want to have them freshly painted and then have to go back and do it again. Right. And no matter what you decide for color, whether you want straight white, whether you want to mix it up and push the boundaries a little bit, give us a call. Chat with us on the website at repcolite.com. And we can kind of walk you through some of the options and help you make a great decision. Absolutely. Now, coming up after the break, we're going to tackle taking down wallpaper because we know there are a lot of you out there who are going to be doing that project. That's next. Stay tuned. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, let's get to another question that has come up over and over again on the website and on Facebook and in phone calls. Lots of people out there right now are sitting in their homes and they're looking at their walls and they're covered with grandma's wallpaper. Old wallpaper. <laughs> oh, yes. Not, not cool, <laughs> super cool wallpaper, which is current and new. Which right. you wouldn't want to strip off, right? Oh, no, of course not. Right. This is old stuff, and they want it off, and they want to repaint. But the thing is, there's something you got to know before you go and start putting your paint on, and that's what we want to get to. But first, let's just talk about stripping wallpaper in general. You know, there are a number of tools that you're going to want, a number of things you're going to want to acquire, and one of those is diff wallpaper stripper. Absolutely. And I personally prefer the concentrate as opposed to the gel because mm -hmm. i feel like the concentrate if you mix it with a really 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 hot water it does a little bit better job yes it's more of a mess because it's water and it's not the clinging gel but mm -hmm. that hot water once you've scored the paper with your paper tiger which is the next tool you need um i feel like it penetrates in a little bit better and right. it does a better job because it's so hot. So so the diff, hot water, a paper tiger, it's just a scoring tool. You lightly drag it over the paper and yeah. it's gauged so that it will just pop all kinds of holes in the face paper to allow the stripper and the water to penetrate right. through. If you put too much pressure on, you actually could damage right. the drywall. But don't use too much pressure. You don't need a lot of pressure. It'll zip right over that. Then, you know, you soak the wall down with the stripper. We like spraying it on with, um, we have a big pump-up spray bottle. It's like 15 bucks in the store, 16 bucks. It's under 16. Yeah. And it's like a little garden pump-up sprayer that's handheld. So you don't have to trigger a spray bottle. You don't have to hurt your fingers or put all that strain on it. And that sounds kind of dumb, but after a little bit of spraying like that, that is a pain. <laughs> oh, yeah, it certainly is. And once you're done stripping the wallpaper, you can use it for household cleaners and things like that. So you actually get yeah. more wear out of it than you might anticipate. Um, you also want to make sure you have a large putty knife to be scraping off that paper. So the wider, the better. And lots What about those razor scrapers? Do you like those or don't like those? I don't like those because I've had too nope. many people damage drywall with them. Like, yep. you know, they push in a little too hard. So I like a, just a plain old putty knife, a wide, you know, three inch, four inch putty knife, I think works just as well as the scraper does. I agree, Betsy. That gets the Dan stamp of approval. <laughs> well, thank goodness for that. Yeah. Um, the other thing, 
people always forget this part, lots and lots and lots of old towels, ones that you don't care about because it is going to be a mess. You're going to have water dripping down the walls. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> right. So just make sure you have some old towels. Spray the wall down after you've scored it. Let it sit 15, 20 minutes. Keep it wet. Start tugging at the paper. If it's not coming off easily, spray it again, score it again, whatever you've got to do. Yep. And you just keep working it that way. Once you've got mm-hmm. it all off, you really want to wash the walls down well. And this is the part we really want to get to because this is the thing that people miss. Yeah. Wash the walls down well. You can use a mixture of that diff, diff stripper to break down whatever paper residue is left behind. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No matter how clean you think you get those walls, we would recommend using guards. It's a product designed for problem areas. It's designed to seal in wallpaper paste right. residue. Wallpaper paste will react with mm-hmm. water. And if you don't have it all off and you put a water-based paint on top, it can react and cause texturing and all kinds of problems. That's the big thing that becomes a big mess down the road. You can skip that by priming everything in with guards. Right. It dries in 30 minutes, at least to the touch, and you can paint over it in three hours. The other way you can go is an oil-based primer, but a lot of people don't want to deal with the whole oil thing and the smell and stuff like that. So guards is a perfect alternative, and it can be painted over with any paint that you choose. So it's a good insurance policy. (laughs) Right. It is water-based but it is designed to go over and seal in paste residue. And it's the only water-based product that we're aware of that does that, right? Right. Unless you know of one that I don't. Nope. Guards is the one I recommend all the time. Exactly. Now, because we went so fast through that, we've actually got time for a bonus question, something we can sneak in there. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, one of the questions that comes up repeatedly is basically asked by people who do not want to strip wallpaper. They're terrified of the process, and so they decide that perhaps a better route is to paint over the paper that they've got. What do you think about that? People who want to just paint over the paper rather than strip it. Is that a good solution or a bad solution? I never recommend that. If you're going to do that, be aware that you're going to see all those seams. You better prime it with an oil-based primer because you don't want to lift that paper at all. So don't just paint over it with a latex and call it good. Um, we don't recommend doing it unless it's, you know, a temporary fix and you're going to tear out the drywall later. (laughs) There you go. Don't do it. Not a good idea. And believe it or not, that's all the time we've got for this episode. If you want to catch it again online, you can find it at RepcoLite.com. Don't forget that all of the RepcoLite locations, except the Plainfield store right now, Mm -hmm. all the RepcoLite locations and Port City Paints in Muskegon are open for curbside pickup. You can call orders in. And then they will arrange curbside pickup, and you can work that all out over the phone. You can get all the phone numbers online at RepcoLite.com. You can chat with us online at RepcoLite.com and get that information. You can get your projects done even now, even in lockdown. Exactly. We are closed on Saturdays, though, now Mm -hmm. until things lift. And hopefully that will be soon. Anyway, everybody out there, stay safe. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And if you happen to be lucky enough to be one of the plumbers working on the many toilets at Notre Dame, we're here to help. We'd love to help. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Once this all clears up, we're there. Oh, yes. As long as it's safe. Thanks for listening. 